You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And today we are talking to Brian Gehring and Stephanie Jacobson of the Rose Theater. And the Rose Theater, for more than 60 years after its humble beginning, has a well-seasoned professional staff dedicated to enriching the lives of children and their families through live theater and arts education. It is located at 2001 Farnham Street in Omaha, Nebraska. Our first guest today, Brian Gehring, is the Education Director and Playwrights-in-Residence at The Rose. As The Rose Playwrights-in-Residence, Brian has written many scripts, including The Grocer's Goblin and The Little Mermaid, If You Give a Cat a Cupcake, The Bully Show, The Misfits, and Holiday Time Around the World. And his scripts have been honored by the American Alliance for Theater and Education, the Kennedy Center, and the Nebraska Arts Council. He has recently been seen on stage in Robin Hood, A Year with Frog and Toad, How I Became a Pirate, The Misfits, and Peter Pan the Musical. He earned his MFA in Children's Theater and Creative Drama from the University of Texas at Austin and was honored in 2006 with Human and Civil Rights Award of the National Education Association. He is currently serving on the board of Theater for Young Audiences USA. And our other guest today is Stephanie Jacobson. Stephanie is a teaching artist and the early education director at the Rose Theater. Stephanie is a full-time director, actor, and is also the director of the high school internship at the Rose as well. Stephanie has her MFA in acting from the University of Iowa, is a certified yoga instructor, participated in the Diavolo Project Nebraska, and is a trained puppeteer specializing in bunraku and shadow puppetry. Before moving to Omaha, she lived in New York City, where she worked with Liz Swados, Lee Brewer's Mabu Mines, Taylor Mack, and the Jim Henson Company. At the Rose, she previously directed George and Martha, Charlotte's Web, as well as the Rose Theater's world premieres of both The Misfits and The Grocer's Goblin and The Little Mermaid. She has appeared on the Rose stage as the mother in Pinkalicious, Arity and the Borrowers, Frog in Frog and Toad, and Gina in Big Nate the Musical, and Irma Cody in the Rose's world premiere of Buffalo Bill Cowboys Band by Max Barber. And now, on to our interview with Brian and Stephanie. Thank you guys very much for talking with us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Wonderful. We wanted to recap some of the things that you've already done this spring. And I know you've done some parades and some things online. I thought maybe we could start out with some of the things you've been able to do in this these unusual times. Yes. How have you guys been adjusting? The Rose has been lucky enough to have so many creative people on staff that we, even when they say we need to stay at home, we can't stop thinking of all the things to do to engage with our community. So there's been a lot of different things that we've been doing, just like you've been saying, um, a parade, it's the the mask uh, masquerade. So we have had our staff in costumes from previous shows that we've put on on our main stage lining up on 20th. We were partnering with 
the Children's Museum, and uh, we had our yeah. our staff there in costumes, and we had all the families driving by so that it was a reverse parade, so that we were able to connect with cool. with our members and just people in the community that really wanted to have a way to get a break. And also it was a way that we are trying very hard to normalize wearing a protective facial mask, uh, especially for young kiddos so that they are getting more comfortable with that. That's our, our new usual. Hmm. Yes. That's a neat idea. That is a really neat idea. You know, we obviously had a lot of school workshops that had been canceled. And so we were trying to find interesting ways to try and reach those students during this time, those teachers. So mm-hmm. um, we're able to record several videos um, that we sent to the teachers that they could use for their classrooms to make up some of those lessons within that. Um, and also providing some teachers some other resources that they can use um, after switching over to digital. Um, so that actually... Um, that was actually really cool to do some of those recordings and be able to connect to some of the kindergartners that like Stephanie, and I had been doing a residency like all year. And so we did a nice lesson for them. Um, and that was a lot of fun to do. And you converted all of the classes to online that that was quite an undertaking. Yeah. Everything's moving online now. Sure. Yeah. Ryan... We, the, the first class in that the drama, the Rose did is we kept our young playwrights on Saturday mornings going. Um, that was one of the easier ways just because we'd been working with those students all year and knew them really well and developed a, a close ensemble. And because we're doing playwriting and reading scripts, we were able to convert that to online pretty quickly. Um, and there are also teenagers who are pretty tech savvy within that. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> I definitely helped. Um, but then in the spring, we actually, for Drawing the Rose, we piloted um, a bunch of classes as online classes for us to learn about what are the best ways to do drama online. Um, the, mm. One of the great things about what's happening in the theater sharing audiences community is there are tons and tons and tons of theaters obviously going through the same experiences that we are. And so there's sure. a bunch of webinars and panel groups. And I meet with education directors across the country every week as we're sharing best practices, as we're learning about what are the ways Keep mm. young people safe as you're switching to an online platform. What are the best platforms to use? What are the ways um, that you can take breaks so you're not even, even doing an hour-long class online? What are ways that you can challenge them to do an off-screen challenge so that way they're, they're not sitting in front of the, their screen for a long time? Um, within that. Sure. So, yeah. So then, so we, we piloted several classes for a bunch of different ages just to test them out. And the, so we offered those for free. Um, they were four week classes. So they each met one day a week and all of the classes um, had two different sections. And we even had um, four of the classes actually be sign language interpreted for our students um, who are deaf mm. and hard of hearing. So that was, um, Neat. that was really a great experience to, to be able to serve those students too. And, um, and so our teaching artists learned a lot um, about the best, our best practices and what's really working. And it's just great for us to reconnect to the young people because they were hungry to do some fun things, um, you know, uh, online and we were hungry sure. to be creative and to teach. Um, and, and so that was really exciting. Um, and then our, our most recent huge project is, uh, 
so in our teen theater season, we end with a Young Playwrights Festival. That is a five-week yes. rehearsal where all the scripts are written by our young playwrights. And of course, that got canceled. And we so we were brainstorming how can we celebrate our young um, playwrights and all the work they've been doing all year. So we did a digital Young Playwrights Festival. So we... Oh, excellent. Yeah, we talked to other theaters across the country about how they're doing Young Playwrights Festival. Um, and so... Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jay Hayden, who's a teaching artist who does Young Playwrights with me, um, and Kevin Earhart, who's a teaching artist and our IT specialist, they figured out a way. So they did the perform. They did like three nights of rehearsal. They did the performance on Zoom, but they live streamed it to YouTube okay. um, for that. Um, you know, okay. And we did that in two nights, and that was it. I was amazed at each, and we had you know each we did like nine performances of like short plays um, over the two mm-hmm. nights and each one was done by a different director. And it's fascinating to see all the different ways that they were using um, the zoom uh, way of doing things to tell a story. Um, and yeah. it was great because, you know, we couldn't provide costumes or anything, but between digital backgrounds and, and props and, and costume pieces that the teenagers had around their house, it was fascinating to see all their creativity. So, yeah. Excellent. so in watching it, what was really great that really to commend all the different directors on the project was that they created a way to have it be as low stress for the students and high creativity. So it was, they were reading the scripts um, and they didn't have intense blocking to remember, but there were things that like Brian was saying in the elements of zoom that allowed for very clear storytelling and um, just a, an openness and a freedom for those students to act and share the story, which was, it was really, it was really great to see them do that. And, and what's really fun about having it as a live um, broadcast on, on YouTube is that everyone watching from home and they had over 70 viewers on both of those evenings, people were able to live comment. And, you know, like we were saying, um, families that are far away are able to say like, that's my granddaughter. And to say, and like everyone did a, like a, even the actors that were in other shows that evening were congratulating. So there was still an ability that even though we were all from our own homes to create a strong ensemble, not just within the cast, but within the community, which, you know, before this would have happened, I, I really never would have imagined, um, to be possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, when we uh, mm-hmm. everything that changes and how we change and how theaters and things kind of become uh, agile in different ways mm-hmm. and have different uh, ways of thinking about how they can still reach out not only to the audiences, which is continuous, but to their performers and right. getting the performers together and keeping them engaged. This is, I, I'm, I'm just, it's going to be interesting to see what all comes out of this. And you guys are adjusted, seem to be very quickly to all of this. Yeah. It's, it's neat. It's neat. The idea of what we will keep and what we won't keep. I think, I think everyone's kind of going through a little bit of a digitized out stress you know like everything is online right now so it's it's neat to add that creativity piece to it it may not seem like you're 
you're digitizing, <laughs> like you're spending all your time in front of a screen if you're yeah. creating at the same time. But it'll be really interesting to see what we keep. And hopefully we will keep some of that. You know, I, th- I think in this time period, um, it's tough because I think a lot of people, for good reasons, are focusing on all the things that we've lost. And we have lost a lot. And it's a tough time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also important to think about all the positive things that are coming out of this and what are these opportunities. Yeah. I know at the Rose, like, for example, I'm right now, um, there's a big national conference for theater sharing audiences that happens in D.C. And this year they're doing it all virtually. And so but the number of people who can attend this and see the shows and see the um, keynote speakers and things like that, like the accessibility to that conference is and they've had and there's more participants than have ever been at one of these conferences. So that's really exciting. Yeah, I could say, yeah, that, that's probably the biggest amount of folks they'll probably have viewing uh, these conferences, I bet. Right, and I'll be curious, in the future when we can meet in person, are we also going to have a digital version so other people can still participate if they can't afford to fly or do the hotels? And for us at the roads, the exciting thing is mm-hmm. this is an opportunity for young people who are not in Omaha to be able to participate. Um yeah. For example, like yeah. in playwrights, one of our actors um, was performing from Oman because she goes to school there mm. oh. and was like was friends with one of the teenagers and found out about it and was able to do it. And I know this summer we're having um, where young people have signed up for some of our classes as far away from Oregon or from Texas or from like smaller communities in Nebraska. This is an opportunity for them to experience um, the Great Rose classes that, because of distance, yeah. they normally couldn't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah. See, That's I didn't neat. even think, think about that because since you're putting everything online virtually, um, yeah, you don't even have to be in Omaha to participate in anything that the Rose offers. Yeah. Um, so you have classes after Memorial Day that you're offering and also the um, offering classes for very young children, like preschool age. Yeah, we um, we have been have been having these classes. I um, am really excited to be leading this program called the Little Rosies, and um, I am the early education director. So, and I just love the babies. Like I just <laughs> like fun, and, and um, it's also really hard to not be in the same room with them. It's hard to not be in the same room with young people as you're teaching them, you know, in terms of like understanding all of the physical cues of their emotion and understanding and really being able to read a room. Um, This has been a a huge Mm -hmm. shift, but really thinking about how do we serve our very young, our very young creators. Um, And uh, I've, been teaching uh, five of these classes so far. We're going to offer them as well in June at different times. But for 45 minutes, we have a musical theater class. And I think that, you know, when they're, and this is for two years to five-year-olds uh, in this class. And I think it's really okay. hard to just say, okay, well, we're going to be just like a talking head in a screen And so I think a lot about, you know, how did my son at that age process information on a screen? How do I teach a class and move move sections um, scaffolded throughout the lesson plan around the room? 
how do I have our usual cues, all of these things, and how do I do this from one screen? So we're thinking about how to break it up visually. So I, I've, I've um, been playing around with doing it almost like it's a live Sesame Street episode where we have oh. um, artwork that I use a PowerPoint so that we have um, images. Um, I always try to use images of young people for young people to model early leadership for them as well. Um, but, okay. uh, you know, being able to talk about a screen and not just having them look at me the whole time. It's also, um, we, I also put, um, YouTube films in there, like, um, just really short snippets of if to the day yeah. we're talking about the difference between a hop and a jump and a leap, you know, watching other young people do that and not just their adult teacher is really important. Right. And then to be able to, most of teaching this age really is about asking questions uh, for them and like presenting material and asking questions for them to process and then having discussions around that rather than just giving information. So it's, it's just setting up yeah. a lot of different ways of how do we let them um, absorb the material visually. Uh, I keep on saying in a lot of different ways and I'm just at a, a loss of the words of, eloquently, <laughs> but, but really how do we break it up? So they are hearing it differently because if it's the same visual image, they are going to hear it in the same way. But if it's broken up, it's yeah. a new idea and a new talking point and developmentally where they are, that's really beneficial for how the intake of information. Um, and so, yeah, keeping them engaged. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And, and I, you know, everything is um, themed around not just the technical elements of learning um, uh, vocal work, as well as music theory, as well as choreography building blocks. But it's also about um, using dance and song to share emotion and share story through. Um, and then another thing that, that um, we're doing that I'm I'm doing in particular is I'm doing a lot of reading stories online and, and we're seeing a lot oh, of that uh, around on the internet. A lot of people are reading stories, which is really important. Um, but how I have been choosing stories is along the lines of how we offer our programming at the Rose, where there's anticipatory sets where we'll pull out objects to have, I'll pose questions and have a discussion about things that will start getting us in the world and the, um, in the theme of the story. And then they pop okay. up later in the story. So we've already talked about it. There's recognition. We can bring that back in. I can ask questions through reading it, even though it's just a, a YouTube video, but I've been picking a lot of stories that are yeah. about, um, uh, like I picked one story that is called Big Chickens, which is about chickens that are scared of everything and they keep on imagining, um, they keep on imagining the worst thing that happens. But then some of those things that they're scared about always happens, but they always overcome. They're like, oh, well, all these things happened, but then I just flew away. And then I was scared of the next thing. And so using these using these stories as bridges to talk about our real life experiences without it being yeah. too scary. So being able to ask questions in that. And also with all of these stories, I'm offering um, additional 
taped activities, so more drama, more creative drama activities based on the theme that families can do at home. So really, we're creating a, a game, a, like a virtual game box. So stories, yeah. and then a virtual game box for families to do at their own at their own time. Um, so we're, yeah, that's the way yeah. we're reaching out. I know I just spoke for a long time. I just get so excited no, about no. this work. Like I just please just get really excited. <laughs> No, no, that's great. That's that's the point. <laughs> that's the point. No, and uh, and I I just think it's fascinating and and how uh, everything is changing and you guys are changing what you do and it's forcing everybody to think in a different way. Like you said, you have to now you have to think about not being in the room and continually being able to get engaged. You know, two to five year old children, um, and you, you know you can't just be the talking head in the box. Or they're, you know, they're going to be somewhere else in about five minutes. And, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just fascinating, all the different things that mm-hmm. the skills that we have to learn and how to figure out how to engage people all over again. And how do you also engage those those caregivers? And because they're the teachers. Yes. They're the teachers. So yes. How do you present, how do you not only teach to the young people, how do you teach to us older people in the room who also have a lot of varying learning styles, you know, how do you offer it to them so that they can do extensions? And how do you also offer an open heart and say, Hey, it is okay. If your student is here on this live classroom and they decide to just go and sit on the sofa and just watch instead of participate, like, like everything is acceptable. You know, all, all of this, all of these expectations are different. And the fact that these things are also recorded means that students learn, human beings learn at such a different way. Like they might just want to watch and absorb, and then they'll be singing it later throughout the day and doing the activities later. Or a student really focused and in the moment and then forget about the whole thing (laughs) later. (laughs) it's, It's really teaching to the whole community, the whole family, because we're, as a parent myself, you know, doing all this, like it is, it is a constant flux and it, we're, we're having to learn as much as our students are learning. And, and actually we have to know more because we have to be able to be open to have these really hard conversations that are kind of bubbling up at at random times. Right. So. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now the adults and parents have to learn as much as the the kids are right now. And especially uh, for for the adults and parents that, you know, are, you know, teaching's not their thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but well, too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guess what you are now. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so trying to get them uh, anything new, I think is so valuable right now. Yeah. Ian is is really leading our department in, um, exceptionally is how do we communicate to um, caregivers about our camps? Um, what are like codes of conduct? What are things that they can expect in signing their student up? What is parent involvement? And also like Brian was saying that, um, that he is meeting with education directors and we're also meeting with different groups around town to really put students safety first. Cause this is the first time we'll be teaching in people's homes. So now your summer classes that you have, they all have performances then. Are those performances online? Sure. Well, we have, for Drama with the Rose, we have um, 
three main types of classes. So the first class that we're doing um, is what Stephanie was talking about, our, our Little Rosies program. And those meet for mm-hmm. um, a short time, like 45 minutes, like once a week. We have them on Thursday afternoons and Saturday mornings. And so those meet for a month. Um, and then we have one-week camps um, that are around a theme. So um, our, okay. of course, our Harry Potter camps are very, very popular during the summer. I'm sure they are, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So those are, for most of those camps, we are, a lot of them originally were all day when we originally set this out, but we are um, just making them half days. So um, like a Harry Potter camp in June is going to be from nine to noon for the week. Um, and we will be going through and doing all the theater things, not only doing some things where we're sitting in front of the camera, but then also standing up and do, making sure we're using our bodies, our voices, and imaginations to create characters and adventures. Um, and then what we're going to be doing is we will do a sharing at the end. So we'll do a recording, a 30-minute recording of part of the class to share with family and friends at the end. Um, in addition to those camps, we also have full production camps. Um, And so those range from I'm doing an improv camp during the summer. Um, So that is where they're all learning about doing um, short form improv and improv games. And we're going to have rather than having one cast of 24 youth who are there all day for three weeks, we're going to split up to a morning and an afternoon company. Um, There's been three weeks learning all about improv and acting and learning the games. And then we'll do three 30 minute performances um, that will be full performances on Zoom within that. Um, and but we're also other scripted things too. Stephanie, do you want to talk about the Conservatory Frankenstein production? Oh my gosh, I'm oh, so yes. excited about it. I can't, I really, oh, yes. I really can't wait. Okay, so it's our <laughs> conservatory, which um, this camp is um, usually, uh, it is 13 to 18 year old students and we meet for four weeks and in the mornings from nine to noon, we would rehearse our play. And then in the afternoons, they have different teaching artists coming in and talking about um, different aspects of theater. And I shouldn't say just talking about, I should say they, the point of conservatory is to get a full picture of, of theater, theater possibilities. Um, so they'll have, okay. in our first week, they'll meet with Jay Hayden and they'll work with them on playwriting and they'll talk about dramaturgy. And then in the second week, they're going to work with Colleen Hudson to talk about, um, they are going to meet with Colleen to talk about creating site specific theater and using poetry to create tableaus and pieces and third week they're meeting with uh our teaching artist ladarian copeland and they're going to be doing musical theater um and then and um and the fourth week we'll just be rehearsing because we have so much to do but (laughs) (laughs) mornings how 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 we're doing this is that we had planned on doing frankenstein because all of my students in past years just really wanted to do a horror play which Okay. I'm not a horror person, so I was like, what about? <laughs> and then Brian had a great idea. He's like, what about Frankenstein? I was like, I could totally be down with Frankenstein. I could do that. Yeah, Frankenstein's <laughs> great. Yeah. yeah. Really exciting. And then when we when we were talking about doing it digitally, I was thinking, okay, because when we were going to do it live, 
every year I, when I do conservatory, uh, I have my MFA in acting and um, from University of Iowa. And we have did a lot with new plays, a lot with so many different styles. And I started my um, artistic career as a dancer. I love movement theater and I'm a puppeteer as well. Uh, and so we wanted to do Frankenstein as actually kind of like the group Palabolus, which is a dance company that puts their bodies together to create one image. They're, I think that they... Yes. So we had wanted to do a lot of shadow silhouette work where, because Frankenstein is put together of a lot of different people, we wanted to have the character of Frankenstein do a lot of physical theater to put a lot of different actual bodies together to create one character, one huge, overwhelming, visually character. And then, Oh, neat. Yeah, it was going to be awesome. But then, then yeah. we, can't, we can't touch each other and we can't. I know, you know that's right. So then I think, <laughs> well, what can what can this medium do? And we can make it's a, we can make films and we can do film work. So so what we're thinking yeah. about in style um, and as pup, as a puppeteer, I really ha- I love shadow puppetry. So what we're actually going to be doing mm. is every student is going to be part of our projects together. Is they're going to be making um, a tabletop. I'm not going to talk too much about it all, but they're going to be making tabletop, tabletop <laughs> shadow puppetry theaters to to be able to do it. So we're all going to be doing a mix. The script is going to oh. be a mix of shadow puppet, and also we're going to be doing um, silent film work. So that one like two characters on screen. One of our projects is also going to be doing grayscale uh, black and white makeup, so that we can be okay. yeah, so we could be a silent film acting while another person is on zoom where they're not sharing their video but they're just sharing audio so we might be even though it's not totally silent we might be talking narrating over it as we would be narrating over with the um, shadow puppetry we're also going to be incorporating um, incorporating powerpoint silent film slides Um, students are going to be doing their own sound design there there's just so many aspects of theater and they're going to be their own stage managers Um, they're going to directors um it's going to be that sounds awesome yeah it's well yeah (laughs) no a lot can go wrong and that's part of theater right it's part of figuring it out so i think yeah yeah gonna be a, a really i think we are it is going to serve exactly what we needed to do where we are going to learn about all the different possibilities of theater this summer Mm -hmm. i'm really excited to share and and it's great to work with um, and work with teens in this way because they want they want that leadership opportunity. So it's going to be really exciting. You know, the exciting That's thing so about great. our classes during the summer is um, the amazing thing about the Rose Theater is all the lead teachers who teach during the summer are all actors who do stuff during the main stage during the school year. So everybody not only is okay. trained as an artist, so we've all done our theater training and our acting training and been on stage, we're also trained as teachers. So it, we're truly teaching artists who um, and who know about both of them, which really we're better teachers because of theater because we're also theater practitioners. Um, that yes. really helps us out. And this summer we're actually bringing in, um, we, we have seven um, interns who are coming from all over the country who are going to be co-teaching with us during the summer. And these are Ooh. theater education majors 
um, from really top-notch programs. So we have a young student who's coming in from Columbus State in Georgia. Who has an, they have an incredible theater education program. We have two students from University of Houston, and they have an incredible theater education program and University of Northern Iowa. And we have somebody coming from New York. And like, and when I say coming in, I mean digitally. So uh, sure, virtually. Yeah, yeah. So it'll actually be exciting to work. Um, so to be able. We each of our classes, we have two, you know, a lead teaching artist who is a full time teaching artist at the Rose and um, a really uh, advanced college intern. And they are collaborating on the class to make sure we're serving as many students. So, for example, when we're doing our classes in the spring, um, you know, one teacher can keep going while the other teacher helps the one or two students who are having technical problems as we're getting the classes started within that. Um, Right, and, and we can learn from each other and help keep the creativity as we are learning this new way of teaching. That is fantastic. Oh my God. We also have 11 high school interns that are going to be participating, um, just starting their journey as learning about theater education that will be um, in the classrooms as like third adults and, and, and learning from experience. And, and most what's exciting about our high school internship program is that I would say, and Brian, correct me if, if you think of it differently, but I think at least two students, at least two of our graduating high school interns every year go into major in theater education after um, their experience with the Rose. Oh, really? That is that is a uh, that is quite an influence you yeah. guys are yeah, having there. Really growing things. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The tight um, thing about the internship so- for high school is so they apply at the end of their junior year, and so they do the internship their senior year, and their requirements are flexible. We're not pulling them out of their high school programs. They are still doing all of their high school shows and things like that. And so it is, so we're not pulling them away from that, but we're getting them a different experience. And the chance to actually, okay. for the high school internship, they are learning about marketing. They're learning about behind the scenes. They're learning about um, directing. They're learning about playwriting. They're learning about being um, a teaching artist. And for those who are, it's exciting when some end up going into theater education or children's theater um, in college, and that's amazing. But even if they're not, even they're they're going on and doing other things in theater, I personally believe that they want to be a great actor, a great director. The fact that they have thought about teaching and um, thought expanded their idea about what careers are possible in theater, that's just really exciting. So that way they can find different ways to have theater be part of their life, whether that's through community theater or whether that is through majoring it in college or working in marketing. Or So I think that's really important to expand the idea of this is what professional theater is and get a sense of that their senior year. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, a more rounded uh, uh, view of it and, uh, and being able to uh, explore uh, many different options, many different options, because there are many different mm-hmm. options. Just not everybody's aware. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> just finished um, our high school interns from 1920 have just graduated our program. And part of their ending is to um, create a portfolio. And they, they we asked them to write an essay about what was their most memorable experience and how do they see themselves as growing through this year and through this internship. And, you know, it, just to expand on, on what Brian said, even if they don't go into 
doing any theater after. Um, I've had a many essays this year that said, you know, I had participated in theater. I'm not going to get my degree in it. However, these are all the things that I have learned through a theater experience about flexibility, about leadership, um, about improvisation, um, yeah. about speaking to a room, about empathy. I mean, that's what mm. uh, using creative drama is why it's so important to bring into schools and why theater yeah. is so important because of the the objectives that it that it teaches mm-hmm. the stories yeah absolutely yeah. no i 100% agree i think the the theater has something to teach absolutely everybody and there are valuable skills that you can learn and take away even if it's for nothing else but just the speaking to a room aspect which uh terrifies uh, you know 99% of everybody which everybody in business has to do exactly at some point, <laughs> at some point you got to send them talk to the room so even if you don't go into theater and you decide to go into business you'll still need those speaking skills <laughs> it's true but what a great opportunity for um for these seniors uh especially yeah. i don't think I never had those kinds of opportunities no. when I was younger. I know Chris didn't either. So that's so great that you're offering that to these students. So the classes that you're doing this summer, are they all ages then? Are they they're everything from the preschool, the little Rosies, to... From 2 to 18, essentially? Yeah. It sure is. Not, yeah. not in the same class. Okay. We're not doing two... Right, classes, no, no, no. yes, we have... Right, right. yeah, the, the, the very different classes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> challenge accepted <laughs> no, and wow <laughs> we have weekly classes yes. that are half days and we have weekly classes that are all days and we have four week things so we have a wide range of classes to yeah um to fit mm-hmm. um um your schedule during the summer so i i think that a lot of our young people will be oh great um I'll do a morning class in theater and spend the afternoon outside and running around and getting off screen, which is really great. Yeah. yeah. No, you guys are offering a ton of stuff. Hopefully we can, um, hopefully, you know, people can be able to take advantage of it and we can get the word out. So here. they can sign up. It's free before Memorial day, but after Memorial day, they're the paid classes start paid classes. Are there grants for people who, for the paid classes who might need some help in these times? Yeah, absolutely. We have, um, we partner, um, we have a whole community outreach program um, where we partner with organizations to offer free classes to students who need the help. Um, And so each of our classes, we have scholarships available through organizations. Um, For individual families, if they are, and for lots of reasons, struggling with money, um, we offer stipends. So we just ask them to fill out a, a, a form that says, hey, I can't afford the class price. I can afford this amount um, within that. And um, if there's room in the class, unless it's sold out, we we will work with as many young people as we can during the time. That's wonderful. Wonderful. And we've got our day of giving on May 20th coming up so people can can donate. And I would assume um, those donations not just go to the Rose, but they go to help your initiatives like this. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the during the school year, uh, we actually work with we have a program called Every Single Child where we do drama education for every kid in the elementary school. So a kindergartner will get a workshop in the classroom about creative movement. First graders see a show. 
Second graders get a two-day workshop about readers theater. Third graders get come to the rose and get a behind the scenes how theater is created. Fourth graders get a touring show into their school teaching about um, financial literacy. Fifth graders learn about the American Revolution through active creative drama techniques. And we provide that program for 80 schools, every kid in 80 schools every year. Wow. And I would, that's amazing. Yeah. And I will say, I, I would say probably about um, 60 of those schools are actually supported by foundations and um, grants and donations. So those schools, you know, we try and reach every Title I school that we can in Omaha, get the entire program and all the busing and the entire thing for free. Wow. So the Omaha Gives program really helps us um, support not only our summer programs and creating art for um, people on, you know, this the main stage work, but also really helping serve um, all the young people um, and families in Omaha. Wonderful. So I would assume they just sign up over the website, and I can put those links in our show notes as well for people who want to sign up for classes or give to uh, Omaha Gives. Yeah, that'd be great. We appreciate all the support. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You guys are doing fantastic work. Absolutely. Just really growing. You'll be able to see some of the results of, of your work in years time. It's, it's, it's exciting to see how that, how that works. Mm -hmm. As you see people grow up in theater and go on to other things, I, I bet that's really rewarding. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You, you know, the, I was just thinking about, Stephanie was talking about some of the high school interns, and I was in Louisville for a conference a few years ago, and, and I ran into one of my teen theater students who was a high school intern, um, and she actually is working at a children's hospital doing um, a, as a child life specialist, which I love that that's where she took her love of working with yeah. and helping them, and like that just that just made my heart so happy. So we're so lucky yeah. to have this job and be able to influence young people and, and have these relationships with them. It's, we are so fortunate. Yeah, to be, able well, thank to be you. there to, to watch young people grow up and learn and then, and then them to be able to put all of that love back into the community is, it really is a gift. Yeah, we're so thankful for you guys and for the Rose. And thank you for coming on today and talking about it. And we'd always love to have you back yes. at any time when you guys start doing other things as well. Please feel free to keep us in mind. Oh, well, thanks. And, and, and Sherry, thank you so much for supporting the arts and theater in, you know, in Omaha and the surrounding areas. It's really is a huge, it really is a huge gift to be able to highlight everything that, that we are that everyone is doing. It's really, it's really lovely. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of organization and a lot of heart. So thank you. Well, thank you. Oh, no, you are welcome. We're it, happy it is to our do pleasure. It. Yes. There, there, there's so much good stuff going on around here and we just want to make sure everybody, everybody knows about it, including yep. all the great stuff that the Rose is offering and will continue to offer in the future. And one of these days soon, we will buy you guys some coffee when we can meet. Yes. <laughs> In real life. Sounds great. <laughs> that would be nice. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Keep up the good work and thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. 
We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.